0: think that's my favorite christmas song right there
1: you know it's christmas you know it's christmas uh when the wolves are out looking for bananas in scandinavia yeah exactly exactly once the new year turns over matt yeah. we will start to do a little be be doing a little eurovision countdown the song oh. will be able to start getting hype when does it start i mean so all the different countries are on different calendars. Some entrants I think have been determined already because like Moldova, I don't want to pick on Moldova. Okay. We have a lot of listeners out in Moldova. (laughs) Too late. Uh, but like smaller countries will just like, there's an undemocratic process for determining their song, right? Like, like producers and stuff and like, Oh, we got a good chance to win with this one. Like we'll do it. And it's a publicity thing for the country and all that kind of stuff. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. other countries have qualifiers. You qualify, you have to win Spain. ovision vision in particular. I know that's, that's one that has like a mm-hmm. Eurovision for Spain, a song contest of its own. And the winner gets to represent, gets to go to Eurovision. Mm-hmm. So it's based on the different calendars for all those events. Uh, mm-hmm. And then whenever like Lichtenstein or they're coming back, right. Lichtenstein or uh, Luxembourg, which one's coming, one of them's coming back this year, one of the small L's, coming back, and I'm sure, it's inside base, it's, uh, it's the old boys club, of Luxembourg, is going to decide their intern, I bet.
0: The Venn diagram, of, uh, MLS knowledge, uh, Eurovision knowledge, Mm -hmm. (laughs) NBA knowledge, but principally 90s NBA knowledge, some, you know, current, but Mm -hmm. it's pretty steeped, just that it's an interesting Venn diagram we've got going on here. That's
1: why our podcast is so <laughs> impressive uh, and uh, lucrative. Uh huh. Yeah.
0: Exactly. All the all the things. I'll be rooting for uh, Scotland. I've got my Scotland hat on. This is a visual medium, podcasting, and uh, yeah, got my Scottish hat. Are they not in it? Do they compete with the UK? There you go. They're just in the UK. They don't get their own like.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to have you and back on this time with. Uh, Discernible audio to tell us why I understand, right? Like, I I understand the the politically what's happening there, (laughs) but they just pick and choose what events they're going to enter as a country or not, right? Like,
0: doesn't Wales have its own soccer team?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scotland has a soccer team, Northern Ireland has its own soccer team, England Mm -hmm. has its own soccer team in Eurovision, they compete as the United Kingdom. Wow. uh, Huh? In the Olympics? Great Britain. <laughs> I don't understand. It's team GB.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, that's interesting.
1: I what wonder if California, if California can... just yeah. went <laughs> off. <and laughs> yeah. Say, California.
0: yeah, we'll just go off on our own for entertainment and sports. See how that goes.
1: It would be, be, be a big problem for team USA <laughs> in most things.
0: Would it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> I mean the well, country as a whole. California.
0: I think we're like 20% of the population out here. Maybe yeah, still. I think
1: I've got I mean, this is what people come, they're, they're getting ready for Christmas Eve day Advent for and they're like, "Hey, I need you to listen to a podcast to get me ready to preach." And the best way to get into this is to talk about a hypothetical for California international athletics on its own. Um 20% of the population, which again, is not a number we have cited in any way. We've just pulled it out of the air. Uh, I think the the California representation on on elite athlete among elite athletes is overinflated as well. Like mm. I think I think a random person from California is more likely to be an elite athlete than a random person from Iowa. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, probably true. USC and UCLA do have a lot of Olympians as well. So, right? You know, uh, yeah. Yes. I think it is 20%. It used to be 20%. We used to be a fifth. I, we're slowly drifting to Texas, but I don't, I mean, we don't have any Texans on the podcast today, but I don't know that Texas, was God. I mean, there'd be some, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I don't know. What would it be? I have a Texas versus California.
1: See, oh. that's the problem with the United States, man. Like the problem <laughs> that, that finally this podcast is, is maybe the only podcast brave enough to talk about. Um, <laughs> There are, we know this in a number of ways. There are too many states, right? We don't need this many. Mm. Yes, it's a big country. Mm. Um, mm. We don't need 50 senators. That's not a magical, or 100 senators. That's not a magical number, right? Like mm. we do. South Dakota, certainly. We're just taking shots all over the place. of <laughs> Ge- Ge- Geographies. South Dakota doesn't need two senators. Neither does mm. Wyoming or North Dakota, mm-hmm. right? Um but the real travesty of this system is not its uh, the bias of the electoral college uh, towards rural voters. Uh, it's actually that it'd be more interesting from a sporting perspective if there were less states, because then you could do more like national state based competitions that would be competitive and interesting. Right? Like that's why mm-hmm. the American Song Contest that we talked about with our good friend Caleb Craner didn't work. I think it's because there's too many, there's too many states. Mm. Right? Like 50 is a big number. Is that if they that, did it like, by state? They did it by state. Mm. And, you know, they're, I'd have to run the numbers. I don't think they have 50, maybe a little under 50. Mm. uh Entrance in Eurovision, but it wasn't like the same state over and over. Like, no, there's no difference between North Dakota, South Dakota, right? Whereas shout out to Moldova. Uh, which I think is a Netflix Christmas <laughs> special country. The Moldovans, uh, the Albanians, That's, we're all tied wow. in there together, are very different from one another uh, and, and and very particular about that. Just imagine You're... the soccer, like if Copa America, which is coming up, I'm excited about it. The semifinals are going to be uh, down the road in Charlotte, North Carolina. So maybe I'll get tickets. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, Team USA, uh, Messi. Imagine. The Western Hemisphere so- International Soccer Tournament, if California was a team, if Texas was a team, and there were other, like we couldn't do that with any other state, right? Like maybe one year Florida mm-hmm. is really good, right? Or New mm-hmm. York. But the rest of the states aren't competing in this competition. Ohio. Not happening. Not happening, they
0: just won the MLS Cup. I assume all with all Ohioan players.
1: <laughs> no MLS team has taken, gosh, Matt, we are in the ditch. Um, no MLS team, shockingly, has taken on the strategy of Chivas uh, of Guadalajara. Chivas of Guadalajara, yeah, the uh, first or second, one of the two most popular soccer teams in Mexico. Uh, also fairly racist, I, I think. Um, mm in a lot of ways, one of their policies that they've loosened a bit lately, Matt, they don't stick to it as much anymore, but for a very long time, you had to be a Mexican citizen uh, and or born in Mexico. At first it was born in Mexico. Like it wasn't just Mexican citizen because it became a thing when they had some folks who were born in the U S hmm. had who Mexican citizens that they wanted to play. And it was a big controversy. You had to be a Mexican to play for Chivas. Um, I think there are some Argentines no, like they've had some, I think they've, they've, they've gone down a bit on it, but they, the, the director of Chivas, like the president, when they, uh, launched their ill-fated venture in major league soccer, Chivas USA, Los Angeles second team, but really their 43rd team, uh, did an interview on 60 minutes where he, uh, doubled down on their racist perspective and how that was how they were going to engage. Wow! Double down. From, uh, and he'll solve no issues with it. I don't think any team in MLS has has, has since then <laughs> has tried to adopt that perspective that we will only mm. sign players from the city of Cincinnati.
0: <laughs> was that what they did with Chivas, Chivas? uh in LA. It was just players from.
1: I don't think. Did do that here? I think it was a point of contention. Imagine. Yeah. I think it actually was like a big problem between like MLS <laughs> headquarters because Major League Soccer is differently organized, right? The, the, mm-hmm. the league owns all the contracts and not the clubs. Hmm. Uh, and that was one of the many problems that came in with a big organization like Chivas thinking they were buying their way into the league and could then do what they wanted. But they can't. you can't do what you want in MLS. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things that they wanted and didn't understand a problem with <laughs> was signing only... Players of a certain nationality.
0: Wow. Well, uh, dear listeners, this is the final preacher. <laughs> Exclusively, talking
1: I think about the we're Bible. actually on Make a trip where We're gonna get back to Christmas Eve because there's a census, and you gotta go to your hometown. It's true. You gotta go back to, to Chivas. You gotta, you gotta, gotta do go it. To that new stadium they have in Guadalajara. Mm-hmm. It looks. It looks pretty cool, actually.
0: Yeah. Gotta go back to your, your hometown. I should have worked this into my sermon. I haven't done it. Maybe. Hmm. Well, let's see. What do we get? I see you've got multiple texts uh, lined up for us. You've got both Fourth Sunday of Advent and Christmas Eve because all of our listeners will definitely be preaching both sermons.
1: Yeah, they probably. And if they're the kind of person who's going to do that, Matt, they're definitely a I'm just going to write it the week of kind of. <laughs> yeah. Which I still don't get. You one of your new year your post-sabbatical uh resolutions, I think, was to write your sermons ahead of time. Yeah, it didn't happen.
0: Still not. Still
1: still no. Um, okay, I didn't want to poo-poo your thing. I can't imagine living that way. Like I'll see uh Craig Satterley, former guest on the podcast, former uh terrorizer Snape in residence of, of our seminary and uh bishop now in Michigan will post on Facebook like brag it's he's he's being his true authentic self um you know we'll post like ah finish my sermon for Advent 4 on Facebook and that'll be like the post what? like you, like he's like first like he like in November or something right and I'm just like how how does how does any of that happen like I can't. That's yeah. was, well, in many ways a different universe than I, but yeah, that's
0: wild. I don't, I could, I don't think I could. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if I was super disciplined and didn't have 8 million other things to do.
1: <laughs> Take that bishops with your free time, just chilling. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, it, it's
0: yeah. I don't know. We want this. You, I could, I mean the first, my first week back, uh, I pretty much only worked on a sermon and I didn't do anything else because <laughs> all the systems were still set up. And then I, yeah. I started taking them back. <laughs> it was... you,
1: had to, you had to regain but your like, power.
0: I assume that there are some preachers that, that operate that way. Cause I don't know how else they would produce the kinds of sermons that they produce mm-hmm. on a regular. You just have to have systems in place where you're just not doing all this other stuff. And yeah. that I we, we've done a lot of work to get in that direction at saint mark's but it just i can't imagine it just seems like a i don't know i don't know it just seems i don't know i'm not there yet let's just put it that way i'm not there
1: i will say a thing a beauty i didn't understand at the time that was in first call i spent maybe 50 percent of my time writing sermons yeah mm-hmm. maybe that's a big number but especially when you first got there like there's nothing happening right you don't know anybody you don't have like all these like standing meetings to go to and stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. just like, like I, I still, I still marvel at the thought I had in my head. I, I can see myself there driving into work and being like, I "Wonder what I'll do today." <laughs> like it just, <laughs> yeah. I know I'm supposed to go to work, and so I'm going to work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when I get there, nobody's gonna tell me what to do or anything. So I guess I'll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Spend way too much time on this sermon.
0: Internship, even more so. The degree to oh, which you yeah. are not responsible for anything. You don't know how good you have it. You just don't even know. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, what have we got here? We're going to look at both these texts. What do we got? Samuel? You want to talk about Samuel?
1: We don't need to talk about Samuel. No, but no <laughs> one... In the world is going to be preaching on Samuel. That'd be
0: so much fun if we on Samuel on uh, Christmas,
1: um, Christmas Eve.
0: I feel there morning. was a I did mm. one year I think when this came up and I think I was doing prayer stations there's something about building a house so I think we did oh, like a yeah. gingerbread house that's thing. Good. We did like a little gingerbread mm-hmm. house.
1: I think oh, that's you can do a
0: gingerbread house
1: angle. That'd be a little out of mm-hmm. That'd be fun. It's fun. a fun text, and it's gonna get steamrolled. It's gonna get steamrolled. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So there's uh, Second Samuel. If you preach on that, uh, make a gingerbread house. I think it'll. I think it'll work. Because the uh, the just
1: the quick summary right is, is Nathan is, uh, uh, not Nathan the king. Who's the king at this point? The king to Na- Nathan is the prophet to, um, is like David? oh, hi. David that? right. Is
0: it no, David? I don't know. Um, go tell my servant David.
1: Yeah, you're right. David is like, gosh, we're crushing it. I've got this great house of cedar, <laughs> but God is stuck out in the yard in this uh trailer we made for him, aka an an ark. We really got to build this God a nice house like my nice house. Uh, and essentially, there's like a the Lord is like, uh what are you talking about? I don't need a I don't need your stinking house. <laughs> And David's like, oh, I would really like to build you this house. And, and God's like, well, I mean, if you really want to, I guess. And so then they build it. It's a wild,
0: it's, it's wild that this stuff is in, is in the Bible. This is just, I mean, it's, it's great. It's great. Have I ever said that? Did I ever speak a word? Why have you not built this house?
1: This house is superfluous, David.
0: <laughs> oh, great. Great stuff. All right. Well, that's one option for your December 24th preaching. You could also do Isaiah, which sounds more Christmassy and familiar
1: Or Isaiah poetry. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You've got some light and darkness stuff, which is uh, always can be challenging uh, depending on how you want to run with it and then you get a bunch of names you get all these names at the end wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace so maybe maybe but
1: probably not uh what do we got here
0: uh you could you could make a reference here in Isaiah. Um, it says, "The rod of their oppressor you have broken, as on the day of Midian." And this is the time of year when we see people posting about that uh, one verse from "All Holy Night" that always gets left out. Uh, that uh, chains he shall break for the slave is our brother. Uh, you can reference some lesser-known verses of Christmas hymn right there. So, time make make that tie into Isaiah. You want to do that? Another idea. We're just full of ideas on this podcast.
1: I like it. Yeah, very. Um, I was just thinking if you're going to catch uh, if you're going to catch the Magnificat in the Psalm spot, um, which is how I think about the text. Matt, is, is essentially like a batting order. Um, when you get to the Gospel, you're really hoping for a grand salami, uh, and sometimes you don't get one. But um, hopefully, you can just you know base hits. Get the runners moving. And uh, the runners this time are going to be covered in blood. Because Isaiah here, you got tramping warriors, all the garments rolled in blood. Really lean into that for your preaching. They'll be burned as fuel for the fire. Uh, Of course, Magnificat, um, mighty getting thrown down from their uh, thrones. And then, um, yeah, there you go.
0: There you go. So then we get uh, the gospel is an annunciation. So uh, you could have the announcement of the pregnancy in the morning and then Jesus is born in the evening. Wow. It's a pretty quick turnaround. Wow,
1: That is a quick turnaround. Uh, Yeah, so you could do annunciation, which is, um, I mean, if you've been if you if you had to choose, right, three of the four Advent readings, if the goal is to move to Christmas, I'm not sure this is the one you drop from our selection, right? Like the first second week. All right, we had two weeks in a row of John the Baptist. Um again on this podcast, this is the official podcast of the revised common lectionary. Thanks uh to the RCL for all the money that they give us to make this podcast. <laughs> um and, and the ad reads we're, we're deeply grateful but if you were to switch it up maybe Acts, one of the john the baptist texts uh slide this pronunciation into the past by a week so that you get a little more of the story
0: right yeah i know this i'm saying that's why i moved it up we just cut one of those apocalyptic things in november that we were getting every single week and we just cut one of those moved advent up we get much more many more stories it's it's way back. I don't understand this year. I don't understand why they structured it this year the way they did. But it's a good, good news. You don't have to stick to it. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> it's a good one. Tell us about it.
1: It's a good one. Um, a little bit of like uh, after the past couple of weeks, Matt, we're getting dunked into some water. Things are changing. because I believe it was Mark's John the Baptist story two weeks ago. It was John's John the Baptist story last week. and Now it's like, oh yeah, Luke. and you get thrown headfirst into the cold water here, uh, immersed into it. And uh, the vibes, lots of things are changing and are distinct, right? And uh, so if you don't have the Annunciation, you have the birth of Jesus uh, from Luke, the one that you've, the story you know that Charlie Brown reads, um, (laughs) the Charlie Brown Gospel. But what I think is unique about both of them, it's not unique, it's unique to Luke. How about that? Uh, is that they both start, Luke is so incredibly contextual, especially compared to John and Mark, um, that Luke really has to set the scene before we get to anything. Uh, In the sixth month, like he has a, here's the timeline. You need the time, you need the date, you need the place. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town called, uh, in Galilee called Nazareth, right? We got the place, we got the time, uh, we got who's involved in it, whole situation, right? And you're like, oh, okay, it must be the beginning of the story. Luke 2 chapter starts out, like, in case you forgot, here's the dates. Uh, in those days, a decree went out for Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. Not in parentheses, this was the first registration. It was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria all into their own town to be registered. And Joseph went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, reading his DMV records, essentially, to the city of David called Bethlehem. Because he was descended from the house and family of David. And he did have proof of insurance. Uh, and he needed to bring with him two pieces of mail to prove his res- to establish his residency. And he went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and expecting a child. Right? So that's most of the first of the that's almost the half of the reading, and nothing has happened, uh, really. It's just like stage setting. And then you get there. <laughs> The disproportionate nature of things here is wild. Uh, so you get all that all that, all that, build up. And while they were there, the time came for Mary to deliver a child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth, laid him in a manger, because there was no place for him at the end. Isn't that what this thing's about? Like, she had him. Were <laughs> you, Matt, as someone who wit- has witnessed childbirth? It doesn't happen <laughs> like that.
0: It doesn't happen like that?
1: No, it's not a one-sentence thing.
0: It's not a one-sentence I don't want to
1: speak for people who've actually delivered other humans out of their body. Sure. Uh, because it is a miracle and amazing and terrifying. Uh, but I don't think any of them would say, oh, it was a one-sentence experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you think they're kind of bearing the lead here? Do you think if this was, if, if uh, Luke is in an an MFA program and he's just getting some notes on this short story that he's telling. Hey, maybe, maybe you cut some of this stuff in the first half of the paragraph. Maybe expand these last two sentences. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately Luke didn't do that. So then over the next uh, two millennia, people found lots of ways to do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah left a lot of blank space Uh, where, I mean, it's our standard. This is our standard Christmas preaching uh, advice. This is our standard uh, wedding, funeral, high holiday preaching advice. It's not about you. Um, you (laughs) Nobody's going to really listen to your sermon. Uh, That mean, you don't try, but just know this service is this sermon. It's not about you. So don't take your huge swing uh, at this service. That said, Kind of partially because of that dynamic and because of the text, there's a lot of free space for you to play with, I think, preaching-wise uh, with what you do with all of this. Because it's it's a fairly unique context for you as a preacher in that it's one of the few times that everybody knows the story that you're reading. So yes. so whereas these days, in most of the context I've been, establishing and, de- and developing literacy with what we're talking about is a significant part of what I have to do in every sermon because mm-hmm. I can't take for granted that this may be the first time anybody like that, that a significant number of people have ever heard this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to do all that work. Whereas you got home field advantage here for the first time.
0: So like, if you're preaching on the second Samuel story, you probably have to set some things up. Yeah, you're trying to just tell Who's the story? David?
1: As David King, we this, we this might God, have heard of David,
0: yeah. but this whole this whole back and forth. uh But yeah, yeah, Luke two, forget <laughs> it. Which means that there's a lot more. um You could do a lot to take, which I, I think we've talked about before. But to take any any one of these little clauses or lines or or single word and just just. Run with it, uh, because people already kind of know the story, and they even know the turns of phrase, right? Light of the major, there was no mm-hmm. place for them in the end. Like all these little things that people are just carrying around with them, because even if we've lost a lot of other biblical literacy, this is still here. So, um, take one of those and see how it fits. Twenty
1: twenty three. The one of my favorite sermons to preach, Matt, on these days because it works on Christmas and Easter uh, is Jesus doesn't show up at the high holidays, which I I still think is just really fascinating dynamic. Um, Right. That in most of the Easter stories, the tomb is empty, right? It's not Jesus being like, how about this guys? Look what I did. You, uh, you actually in like in the resurrection stories, you miss it all. Like it, there's no narrative of what happened, like a Jesus POV of what's happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, at the resurrection it's all um external all of a sudden the tomb is empty and here right jesus isn't jesus doesn't do anything here at all uh jesus i bet if i went through it jesus is probably not the subject of any verb here um jesus is born and even in the being born right it's two sentences um and that's it that's all jesus you're going to get uh in terms of character movement here Mm -hmm. um and so that, I think, I still think that's really striking to, to people to hear, especially the kinds of, the kind of crowd you're going to get on a Christmas and stuff. That's a way to mm-hmm. grab and engage them because if you hit the platitudes, they're like, yep, those are all the things he's supposed to say. They're supposed to say, she's supposed to say. Um, and I'm not here for this part anyway. Uh, but if you want to, take the challenge of engaging the folks who are fulfilling obligations by being there. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, good luck, dear preachers, this Christmas Eve. What do we listen to as we're preparing to preach?
1: Well, Matt, I'm going to give you one more nugget. Okay. Uh-oh. Cause this what is do we got? way back when I talked, I, I, was, I made fun of our friend, former uh, guest on the podcast, Craig Satterley. I'm going to give him a shout out way back when, when I was in first call, actually he put it on Facebook. He wrote these extensive notes for preaching Advent and Christmas. Uh, and I downloaded them and I've still got them today. And he had a note on, on Christmas Eve that I thought was really good. How do you still have
0: it? Wow. It's impressive. Your record keeping.
1: Yes. (laughs) That's right. Impressive. Keep the drop boxes dropping. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> and uh, he did a whole thing about counting, right? The yes. world to be counted and stuff, right? Um, and that all the world had to be counted, and that the and yet the future of the world of life and stuff, right, was the uncounted one. Jesus wasn't counted. Like that's the socio-historical note to put in here, right? Is he didn't count infants in censuses because hmm. uh, infant mortality is pretty high. So why would you count a baby who's probably not going to make it to adulthood? Uh, So you only counted adults. Um, So Jesus wasn't part of the census. Even (laughs) regardless of how the timing of the birth worked out.
0: Yeah. That's pretty good. Right? It's good.
1: (laughs) I I, I wrote a pretty good sermon about it because I told the story of like the church, the church I grew, one of the churches I kind of grew up in and when I was, that I went to my family went to one of the most like, most bored by church. Uh, had a big like pipe organ at the front, but not like. In retrospect, I thought it was fancy, and now that I've been around like the church and stuff, it wasn't. But you could see all the pipes, and I would count the pipes in church to pass the time. Right. <laughs> I don't remember how it tied in, but that was my like intro. Yeah, that's time. good. That's I thought good. worked on Christmas because somebody's counting the pipes at church, right? Like we've sure. got some pipe counters that day for sure. Right? <laughs> pipe counters. That's good. That's good. But, but music, Matt. Um, I have an excellent song to recommend that is not on Spotify. That's always the worst. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> uh, I'll put the link up on, on the thing. John Craigie, who I've recently really got turned on to, he's kind of in the Gregory Allen Isaacoff school of things. He's out in Santa Barbara. He's a Santa Barbara kind of guy, um, which makes sense. Uh, but he's got the, um, I am California, which I recently got turned on to, which is a beautiful song. Have you listened to it, Matt? I'm sure I sent it to you. Maybe. I don't remember. I'm going to give you some homework. Uh, (laughs) he was, it was, he came up on the YouTube, uh, and he has a song called, we got stoned at the family reunion for obvious reasons. Um, and it just seems like a real Christmas time kind of song to play. Uh, and it is a song. It's a sing-along kind of thing, and it's got some dumb uh, uh pot humor in it and stuff. Like, <laughs> like, did you know, Matt, that if you cut a hole in a net, you have less holes than you started with? <laughs> Think about that. Wow. Uh, yeah. The only part of your reflection you can lick is your tongue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah try it try it at home uh and he does it with um oh gosh the shook twins is that who they are uh with a female vocal group and it's beautiful and a lot of fun and stuff so check it out uh then i think you know these the text and what they add to christmas eve your candlelight service is really dissonant um cuz you got the charlie brown gospel here that sounds and feels warm and fuzzy and we have uh uh, the boots of the tramping warriors earlier and Mary talking about casting out tyrants. Uh, it's a mess. And Dan reader who I like is an old man uh, recently released a new EP. Uh, and one of the songs on it is called sex is a mess. And it's not really about sex, but it's about the messiness of life. Uh, so check it out. It's lovely and short and it's good. Uh, and then Tyler Ramsey coming to you off of my uh, Asheville indie playlist has a lovely song called a dream of home. Uh, and I imagine are dreams of home. It's not Matt. Not, it's not Matthew. We didn't talk about this. Matthew talks through dreams, but Luke's got these angels running a, a messenger service. Um, and, uh, you know, we got dreams in a way, uh, conversations with angels. We got folks on journeys home. So take a listen. How nice. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, gosh, first that family reunion, uh, Makes me think of, uh, have you, I, sometimes we have a little uh, television talk on this podcast, which we haven't done yet today, but have you seen the bear?
1: I have not seen the bear. Oh
0: my gosh. See, you're either in or you're out on it, but you got to, you, you have yeah. to check this out where it's in it the second season now. And in the middle of the second season, there is a scene and a family, the whole thing takes place at a family Christmas. And it is, the cast is stacked with guest stars. Yeah. And it's so stressful is so stressful to watch and yet you, you cannot turn away you gotta you gotta watch it you gotta watch it i i don't i think you could watch without seeing the rest of the without without seeing anything oh, else yeah. from the bear i think i think it could work as like a little bottle of, i don't know if that's a bottle episode but a little i think I haven't you could see
1: it only because it feels so you're either in or out i know and like I'm i do so but I it is out. like it doesn't feel like i
0: i know I know it's, one of, the other it's thing, one of those things but I think I think it would pull you in I think you'd get you'd get into it and you'd be like oh yeah I should have did it on this two years ago
1: yeah the other thing I'd say about the we got stoned at the family reunion for obvious reasons is that everyone in the family ends up like they sneak out at first right to go like swoog a joint in the on the swing set uh, but eventually the whole family ends up out at the swing set right so like it's wholeness and happiness and stuff at the end it's lovely
0: good 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 uh well let's see let's see what we've got here um i feel like we've got an angel since we've got we've got angels in both of these gospel texts uh Mm -hmm. which now i can't i can't see the word angel in scripture without thinking of my boy genius hoodie which has a biblically accurate angel on the back of it (laughs) it says always an angel never a god and it makes me think that not strong enough would not be a terrible song to Mm -hmm. pair with the annunciation, yep. I mean, good. you know, That's there's good. a lot. it be good.
1: I think it I think it'd work. I don't understand that lyric, but I believe it. You know?
0: And isn't that the gospel? That, <laughs> that is goodness. the gospel. But I believe it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, and then uh, you know, anytime they tell me there's a new YouTube song, or at least a remix of YouTube song, there's a new remix of Atomic City that came out on Wednesday. Atomic City, though, a Come All You song. This is what Bonus is like. This is an Irish Come All ye song, which is a song that like gathers mm-hmm. people and it actually says Come All You, Come All You This, Come All You That, uh, which is a good song for Christmas, Come All You Faithful. So I, I assume we'll sing Atomic City at my church on Christmas Eve. And then uh, finally, this morning, uh, instead of going to work, early in the morning, I went to my kids' school to see the Christmas program. Cowan Avenue. Mm-hmm. It was uh it was good. It's a great program this year. But they started off. I opened up I opened up the uh the little program to see how long this thing's gonna be. I mean how 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 much good stuff this thing is gonna be. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> and uh and uh Mike Mike is it great, but you know, it's one of those. But like uh the first song listed is Ukrainian Carol. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. Interesting, I don't know what that is, and uh and then they launch into Carol of the Bells. Which, by the way, I gotta say, these these 5th and 6th graders did a pretty amazing job with Carol of the Bells, which is not the easiest song to sing. It's like layers and all this stuff. It's really fast. And I think all of us were like, wow, that's wow, this really, actually really good. Uh, but it was Carol of the Bells. So, of course, I did what anyone else would do, which is I immediately Googled Carol of the Bells. And it is a song from Ukraine. It's a Ukrainian hymn. So, uh, apparently, this song is from, like, uh, the early 1900s and Ukrainian it's Shedrik, which is a completely mm, different yes. Ukrainian song uh, by Nikola Dmitrovich, D- D- which is, which I assume is a name from That's the brothers it. Karamazov. Uh, but it started as, it started life as this Ukrainian carol that then yeah. I brought to uh, United States. It was signed Carnegie Hall, blah, blah, blah. And then like 10 years later, this American guy writes a completely different words to it, which are the English words that we know <laughs> that are like these Christmasy words that do sound like very American and British Christmasy words, but those were not the original lyrics. Like it's originally, it's a Ukrainian song. So if you actually find, uh, and of course, I remember this song is played in uh, Home Alone, which is my favorite Christmas movie, probably because it came out when I was a child, but this song is featured in it. And if you look for it on Spotify, oh. it is actually listed as a song by Nikola Dmitrovich Linovich and John Williams. <laughs> because, they, because John Williams reworked the song that was originally a Ukrainian carol. Who knew? You learned something new on the pod today. I did. At least
1: oh. Wow. Oh, so like if it. you
0: want to check out the original, so check out Carol the Bells, the Home Alone version. Always great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you want to hear the original, uh, which is really haunting and, and excellent, it's called shedrick will put it on the playlist and it's by the crimean chamber choir
1: i found a version check it out ukraine well represented today on the playlist not since ago a premier vision have we seen ukraine reach these indeed uh, there was an article going around i don't know if you saw it matt that it that, that said that likely um the tunes to all the Christmas carols we know are, are much newer than the texts themselves. That like oh uh in the years gone by, uh in the olden times, that folks most likely had the text and just sang it with saying like silent night or whatever, uh with whatever tune they happen to know. Uh, <laughs> so. That's nice. There you go. That's good. So attached to so the musical part. Yeah. People are always adapting the tradition. Yeah. So, Good, good. Well, happy Christmas. Happy Christmas to you, Matt, and to our listeners, uh, to our Patreon subscribers, and to those of you who download the podcast and don't listen to it, and yet grab our numbers up in your own way. Happy Christmas to you all. <laughs> it's been real. To you all, good vinyl. Ooh. <laughs>